Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And welcome to the show. How are you people? I can't wait till we have Manscaped uh, ads again, maybe if we do, uh, just so we can start off with something very inappropriate. But anyway, I'm Lee, and Todd is with me, of course. Todd, how are you? I am well. How are I was wondering you? if you're going to pick up on the uh, very <laughs> slowness so that people can understand what we are saying and enunciating. Because I I, I'll go back and listen to the show, and then I realize I, I tend to, and I do this in real life, I'm sure, but um, I tend to drop, like, I'll start off a sentence like this, and then it'll be like, oh, that's great, Lee, that's great radio. It's like, we can't really hear what your point is, because the sentence is dropped at the end, but anywho, I can't, I mean, I'm 85 years old, there's no way I can change the way I speak that's, now. That's true. You're anywho. Dog. That's right. So we uh, exciting week because the Seahawks start training camp on the 26th of July movement. So that'll be whenever you're listening to this, the 26th of July. If you're listening to it, thank you. But, uh, I, I mean, there's so much stuff to look forward to in this training camp versus uh, training camps of recent pasts. Like, yes. who's going to be the quarterback? And, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of competitions in this training camp that we're not. I mean, there's always, always compete. There's always, there's always, and we all, we all know the only reason he puts it up there is so he can see his name every damn day. We we know your game, coach, coach. We know your game, but yeah, I mean, there's uh, such intense competition at really critical positions. Uh, maybe not starting because we're pretty sure we know who's going to start at, at the at two wide receiver slots. But after that, I mean, it's yeah. pretty damn wide open, and both tackles. You know, uh, running back. Still, I mean, of course, we assume it's going to be Rashad Penny, but 
I mean, it's, it's not like we haven't had a presumptive starter and then someone blows up in a good way in training camp and is like, oh, yeah. Matt Flynn. This- <laughs> exactly, exactly right. So uh, just because we, we think we know who's going to start doesn't mean that. But, yeah, quarterback is – it's definitely on a quarterback, especially if they bring in, you know, someone like uh, Carson Wentz or someone like that. So. <laughs> he's already been traded six times. I think he's maxed yeah, out. Yeah, I think – I think he's found his home. They really should have have a, a rule like that. It's like you cannot trade a player more than 18 times in one season. Exactly. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah. great, we've got Steve Carlton again. <laughs> Steve Carlton, oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, training camp is going to be really exciting. And in some ways, that can be scary. And it's like, oh, we're not even sure who our quarterback's going to be. We're pretty sure it's going to be one of these two guys. And, and maybe not. Because there's still a lot of talk going on about, oh, they'll get this guy, they'll get this guy. It's like training camp is literally around the corner. I mean, it's right. like I don't think this is the time to get a new a new quarterback. So, I mean, if if uh, Drew Smith proves to be completely inadequate, well, then, yeah, then you better go get a quarterback. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they would have seen that already, and they would have taken steps at that point. So... Well, if they're basing the roster on Madden 23 rating, have you looked at some of these ratings? Yes, I'm actually just looking at it right now. <laughs> so if I mean if they if the Seahawks, I think, and I I don't know crap, but I think they're end up they'll end up having three quarterbacks on the roster this year just because they've been so conditioned. Uh, Russell Wilson will always play every down of every game, yeah. and then they obviously don't have Russell Wilson anymore. So and you don't know what you're going to get out of any of the quarterbacks, to be honest. So it makes sure. sense to have three. But if it's based on the Madden 23 ratings, if they're going to keep two quarterbacks, it should be Drew Locke and Jacob, Jacob Eason. Eason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as Geno Smith pointed Actually, out. Nick Ballore has the highest quarterback rating for the Seahawks. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Gino, Gino's uh, tweet, and I'm sure you have this pulled up, but um, – Ocho, they have Ocho Senko because he's actually on the team that creates the ratings for Madden. Ocho, they got me ranked. I didn't know that. Yeah, according to this article, yeah, and which is why Gino's saying Ocho, they got me ranked behind people that haven't even thrown a pass in the league. It's all good, no pressure. And that's like, and literally they do. They have him ranked behind people, like they said, tied with people like Blaine Gabbert, Easton Stick. I didn't know. I, <laughs> Easton Stick. Easton Stick sounds like you know thirty-five dollar <laughs> uh, softball bat to me. And, I think oh, he was a quarterback on one of the uh, Friday Night Lights teams. And uh, my Easton. God, he's ranked sick over after right. Saracen left. Geno Smith is tied. <laughs> Saracens, the Saracens from anyway. Yeah, sure. he, he's tied at sixty-fifth. Yeah. <laughs> As he pointed out, he played three and a half games. And he played fairly well in those three and a half games, and it's like. Yeah, he's not going to be he's not gonna be one of the top ten ranked quarterbacks. But Easton Stick? Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> and he's ten notches behind uh, Easton, isn't he? Uh, I think, uh, I, believe I, think... So, yeah. I believe so. Jacob Easton has ranked has is has is rated a, has a sixty two rating and Drew Locke has a sixty six rating. So according to Madden, it's like Seahawks are in huge trouble at quarterback. Yeah, they are. But, yeah, it's. I mean, they may be anyway. But um, yeah, it, it's maybe. interesting because um, 
I don't Brock and Salk have a podcast. They don't do their live show anymore. But they were talking on their podcast this week about how uh, they they ranked the six most important Seahawks on the roster for this mm-hmm. this year. And uh, number one for Brock, who I trust more in football knowledge than Salk. No, no offense to either one of them. Yeah. But um, Brock uh, Heward had Drew Locke as the most important Seahawk and didn't have Jamal Adams on his list at all. And I think I think Mike Salk had Adams number one. No, um, so. And Brock Heward said a couple of things. He, first of all, he said, you know, if Drew Locke comes in and he actually becomes the starter and he's as good as they hoped he was when they added him to the team and he's close to 2019, then that's a game changer because your whole exactly. future's changed. And exactly. he said that 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 was hopeful. The worrisome thing is he didn't have Jamal Adams on his on his list because um, Adams has taken so many hits, even though he's just 27 years old. He thinks he's got the body of a 30 something year old. And he literally said, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, Mark Jamal Adams is still healthy. But Marquise Blair is the starter. No, that would be scary. That would be. That would be bad. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Adams is going to be. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's better in coverage than than most people. He's not great, but he's better in coverage than most people yeah, think. Exactly. And if, if used correctly, you know, if if he's a hybrid between last year in coverage when he wasn't terrible and the year before when he was otherworldly as far as getting to the quarterback, mm-hmm. then great. Um, but it's still interesting. Is I, I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but. It's so interesting to see how he's on some top 10 safety lists and for the NFL and Quandre Diggs is not. And Diggs is clearly the better player at this point. Right. Right. Yeah, it is. It is really bizarre. And and like going back to the Madden ratings is like Diggs was upset about his rating as as he should be. He's rated 84. Like uh, 84 and safe. Oh, uh, he's got. They've got the defensive backs all. To, I mean, it's still ridiculous. Clearly ridiculous. But yeah. they, the defensive backs are all together on that, right? Cornerbacks and safeties. And, uh, and long uh, snappers. I think so. Yeah. And long snappers. Yeah. And of course, he would be behind Tyler Rock because who isn't? Yeah. No sure. fan was rated. Got an 82 rating. That's like uh, kind of weird. And the ratings are they're pretty strange. All they the are time. strange. The criteria is weird anyway, because it's like if you look at it and it's like like DK Metcalf is the 13th or 14th uh, receiver, right? And he's two notches behind Tyler Lockett, which I mean, it is what it is. That that could make sense. But Metcalf was like strength and speed was like top tier. Um, But some random like how good are you at throwing if they threw you the ball or whatever? Yeah. and it's like, well, that has nothing to do with anything. And that brought him down. It was something weird like that. It's just like, eh. It's, it's almost strange. like uh, looking at pro football focus grades. It's like, oh, this defensive tackle was, and, and we've seen this, like, literally, I'm not making this up, but this Al Woods, for instance, this defensive tackle is fantastic in stopping the running, eh, decent pressure, but he's fantastic in coverage. So that raised his grade. It's like, okay, he's a defensive tackle. <laughs> exactly. It's like he dropped back in coverage three times and was like, oh, and he managed to break up the pass. So he's he tipped, incredible. He tipped one. He he's tipped incredible. one. He, he took off two fingers just like that guy in Hostel. And it's just it's crazy. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they have. Uh, maybe this will be the last thing we say about, about Madden. Last ever, thing because they're going to cut our podcast. This yeah. may be the last okay. thing we ever say. So who 
of the Seattle running backs, who has the highest rating? So I know, I know the answer because I was I, re- I just wrote yeah. an article about it, yeah. but I thought it was ridiculous. So Chris Carson is nineteenth, yeah. right? Yeah. But then you go a long way until mm-hmm. you get to Rashad Penny mm-hmm. and Kenneth Walker or Kenneth Walker the third. I don't know. Yep. Kept calling him Junior after he got drafted. Man, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Anyway, Ken but Walker. he's Ken Walker. Just call him Ken. But isn't Penny <laughs> like? 50th or 60th? something like that. Yeah. yeah. Carson, Carson has an 83 rating and we don't even know if he'll be able to play again. And Penny has, is rated 78, barely ahead of Ken Walker. who has And a that's rating. not even Rashad Penny. That's Penny from big bang theory. Well, that I can see. It's just really, the ratings are really, really strange. I mean, mm-hmm. just don't get it. And then, Bo Jackson's still number one overall. As he should be. As he should be. But it's it's just just very, very, very odd. I don't quite get it. Did you see the uh, Bo Jackson news this week, by the way? Yes, I did, speaking of Bo Jackson. So I don't know. I'm assuming it's it's correct. But it's kind of odd that we just hear this now. So it's just a strange thing. Uh, Yep. He said uh, the reason... He he didn't want anybody to know. So basically, for those right. of you who don't know, I guess uh, Bo Jackson um, had traveled through, has has traveled through Avaldi, Texas, like a bunch in his life because it's between where he lived because he's from Alabama, right? And then they go to Texas um, for hunting or whatever, so they often stop in Uvalde, and so he felt a connection to the town. But it, he ended up paying. A lot of for the funerals of, unfortunately, for the funerals of the 19 children and two teachers that were killed, and and he that uh, was 170 thousand yeah. dollars. That what it was, and he gave yeah. a check to Roger Goodell, who then turned that into um, giving uh, Deshaun Watson a little bit more money since they're not going to really suspend him. No, I'm making a joke about that, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just and the reason was it's like oh nobody knew about it, and he. Jackson literally says, "quote unquote," according to ESPN, "we didn't want media. No one, no one knew we were there, and we didn't want them to know." Yeah, that's that's what people should do. Yeah, exactly. That dude is uh, as as many people reacted on social media as like possibly the greatest athlete of all time, and he's a better person. <laughs> it's like which yeah. is oh, I'm sorry. He he didn't give the money to Goodell. He gave it to. Uh, Abbott, what's the guy's... The uh, governor, yeah, the governor of Texas. The former yeah. pitcher for the White Sox. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, that, which makes sense. That's why it took so long to come out, because he didn't want it to. Because so. right. they had the power on the grids. So, oh, the news started. Okay, got news. It's like Morse code. <laughs> Probably true. What a sad, sad situation. But, I mean, Texas and the grid, but... Oh my God! But Bo Jackson, an incredible human being. Wonder if he should run for office, uh, move to Georgia, and move for office and run against Herschel Walker. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Georgians would hold the whole Auburn connection against him. But, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean that. I mean seriously, why else are they? Why else would anyone vote for Herschel Walker? Like, man, he was uh, great in Georgia. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was a great back. That's true. That's. I mean, yeah. if all his kids are old enough to vote, I mean, he's going to win in the landslide. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. That's oh. like a third of the population of Georgia itself. It, it is. 
Yep. Uh, anyway, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, so Bo Jackson, if you haven't, if you're listening to this podcast again, thank you very much. Go check out the Bo Jackson uh, story about him donating money just to make your make prove that humanity can still be okay. Indeed, it but, can. Uh, anyway, getting back to the Madden 23 ratings, I I didn't. I, I looked at. I mean, I knew that the Seahawks wouldn't have a whole lot of high rated. Uh, oh, of course, who's number two overall in speed? When it comes to defensive uh, and anything, right? I guess number two in speed overall is Tariq Woolen. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, who who may not even play much this year, but I think his right. speed rating was ninety seven. I think the highest was ninety eight, and I think that's among all players. That was you, right? The ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like to to brag. I mean, I was, you know. Long torso, short legs. I mean, I get around pretty quickly. I can run to first base in a couple of days. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty slow. Um, but uh, I'm quick, but it's weird because we've played tennis together. And so I feel like I've got a lot of quickness. But when it comes to flat out speed, I am slow as molasses. That's much uh, relatively slow, yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, um. A sloth making molasses. How's that? That would be very slow. Very, there. very slow. Dude. So, moving on from the Madden 23 ratings, I'm sure they get enough publicity. I've got I've got a list here of things. Uh, just a list of 16 things that we need to staple to a door of a church in Germany. No. Uh, so, one is the... <laughs> one is the we're missing, faces we're missing of, a few. That's right. Faces of the uh, I've got ninety six problems. The Seahawks. Um, so the, the, the people are like, "What?" Yeah. If you're still listening, thank you. But uh, faces of the franchise. So clearly, the two two of the faces of the franchise, maybe the the two faces of the franchise, if you don't count Pete Carroll, left this this off season, right? So Russell Wilson's gone. Bobby Wagner, of course, is gone. So I think we have one clear face of the franchise at this point. But if you had to say, oh, who are the three or four Seahawks, nationally speaking, that really like this is how you're going to sell this team. I mean, nobody thinks they're going to win because they don't have Russell Wilson. Doesn't matter who else is on the team. Nobody. But well, we need to sell this team to to the casual viewer watching football games this year. Uh, one obviously is DK Metcalf, right? <coughs> Yeah. But if if you had two or three other players, there's one Jamal Adams. Who who would be the other ones? Uh, Tyler Ott. Well, I mean, clearly Tyler Ott. Tyler Ott. That goes without saying. I mean, he's Nick, one. Nick, Nick Belore. Um, and we, we mentioned that because they're between so two Belores. That makes sense. <laughs> because they're so overlooked, and yet they. I mean, they both are really pretty damn important roles. So people don't really think about yeah. that. But uh, they do. Uh, yeah, obviously DK Metcalf. If anyone is the face of the Hawks right now, it's DK Metcalf. Uh, I hope Jamal Adams would be one of them because that means he's healthy for at least the vast majority of the season and plays well. And if he does, he would clearly be one of the faces because he's got that personality too anyway. So True. The president. Um, I would think Mr. Brooks. I would hope. I would hope. Here's my only – I don't have any issue with him as a person or a football player. I think he's fantastic. Right. I think the thing that holds him back, and he seems to not want to 
being in the spotlight is he he just doesn't just doesn't say a whole lot. Well, I mean, Marshawn didn't say a whole lot, but it's what he didn't say that made him stand out. You know, with Jordan, it's like if you have a face of and and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I could be way off. But if you have the face, uh, if you're one of the faces of a franchise, it's probably because you're really good on the field. And and Brooks clearly is. But also, like, you have some effervescence or some personality that people are like, oh, you know. Yeah, but I I see him a lot as like – off the field and or like in to media, I see him a lot as like Bobby Wagner as well. And Bobby Wagner was never someone who was like out there talking That's all true. the time. I mean, he was no Richard Sherman or Michael Bennett. So I can see him or Tyler not, or Tyler. Rod. Now, I, I can definitely see when the media comes in and talks to the Seahawks, he might be like the fourth or fifth guy they talk to unless he has one of these, you know, 20 tackle games or something ridiculous. A regular sure. game for him. Yeah, exactly right. But yeah, I, I agree with you. He doesn't have that type of personality. Uh, he's he's not required to, obviously. But I mean, it is entertainment. So, but I think I think he would be, and I hope he would be. Um, it would be nice if one of the two quarterbacks uh, becomes the face because that means they're playing well. Whether it's, whether it's Geno or Drew, it's like that would be. A really good sign for the Hawks is like the only issue. With, sorry to interrupt. The only issue yeah. with Gino is that, um, I, I, again, I don't have anything personally against him. I, I like him. He seems like a mm-hmm. likable guy. The only issue I would have is his, you know, his couple of off the field issues that he's, had, he's yeah. had with like DUI and stuff. Well, hopefully, uh, well, you know, here's what I'm hoping. I hope he gets this. Uh, th- there's a lot of ways for this to play out. I mean, it would be really cool if Drew gets the start and there's his he's the starting quarterback and he gets the first game against Denver and he plays really well. Obviously, it would be great if it's Geno. But I would West, love for West Virginia, Virginia to come University out. Hall of Famer now. There you go. I would love for him to come out and the first thing out of his mouth after throwing for four touchdowns, 287 yards, and no picks, and leading the Seahawks to a fabulous 37-18 to win over the Broncos is... I told you that Madden rating was gone. That's the first thing that's got to be out of his mouth. That's, that's right. why I want to. That's why I want him to get the start, just so he can bitch about the Madden rating. That would be fantastic. Exactly. Or just um, say scoreboard, just like Tony Robbins <laughs> the Volunteers against the Gators in 1985. I don't think. I don't think it would. I actually don't think it'll be either one of the quarterbacks. Even if they both, or whoever, if they both play really well, that'd be kind of horrifying. Um, back to the wing tee. <laughs> I think that I don't think it would really be either one of them, even unless they just break out and they're playing astoundingly well. Then it has to be a quarterback, obviously. But that I think it would. I'm gonna go with a dark horse candidate. I'm picturing one of the new defensive players, maybe maybe Kobe Bryant, uh, maybe one of uh, the linebackers they brought in. But someone that we don't really expect is going to pop out, have a really good season, and he's going to have that personality, you know, like like you're saying, like Metcalf has, or I mean, like, I mean, seriously, legitimately, Tyler Lockett is a better wide receiver than DK Metcalf. That might not be true this year, but up until now, he's clearly the better receiver. Yeah, I agree with right? that. Um, he's 
got a higher rating in Madden, so obviously it's fact. Um, if you if um, you're gonna throw, and we've mentioned this, if you're gonna throw one pass that matters in a game, you're gonna throw it to lock it over Metcalf, oh right? My God, yes, absolutely. You have to because he, he's the guy who comes up with the, those ridiculously difficult catches more often. Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. But Tyler Lockett doesn't have that personality. Uh, he's got a very different personality, and he's a, an incredible fantastic person. Yeah. Person. Yeah. It's like he's this guy is is this is who you want your kids to grow up to be. <laughs> it's Tyler Lockett. I mean, for one thing, they'll be making a lot of money, and they can take care of you when you're old. But no, he's he's an <laughs> awesome person, absolutely awesome person. But he and but he doesn't have that effusive, like you said, that that effervescent personality that the media loves, and that frankly we like to listen to. So he might be, in a lot of ways, the face of the team as far as the uh, the talent and the accountability. I mean, we talked about it. Last year, you know, when he was the one guy on the team who said, we're not adjusting. (laughs) Right. He he was the guy who spoke out. And that takes some guts to be able to do that and not be divisive at the same time. He's one of the few people who would be able to do that because he has the respect. And he meant that when Russell Wilson was the quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. That was was the key thing. Exactly. Exactly. And because he's so well respected, it's like. You know, and it was disputed. The team disputed it socially, but didn't the team finally get better? They adjusted after he said that. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> anyway, um, but I really can see that there's going to be a, again like a dark horse. Maybe Daryl Taylor puts it together for the whole season. Although I don't really think of him as having that kind of personality, but you know we'll see. But I think it's going to be someone that we don't expect, like a Kobe Bryant. Maybe Ken Walker comes through. And it turns out he's the guy. Um, we'll see. But I really think it's going to be someone that we don't expect, and they're going to pop up, and they'll be up there with DK. And Jamal, hopefully Jamal has a really good season because he definitely has that personality. So, And it's great for the team. It's great for football in general when you have spokesmen for your team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who can bring that enthusiasm out, and just you can see how much fun they have. And it makes you like them. It makes you root. For, I mean, that's what one of the things team sports is about. And it's like, yeah, man, I like this guy. This guy's awesome. It's like, I can't wait to see what he does next week. So, yeah, I mean, possibly the, the second uh, baseball's third, probably the second biggest sport we have in North America now is based solely on how we can sell these individual players. Right. And the NBA, um, that's all it is. That's all it is on the NBA. Yeah. Which makes sense because it's their teams are so small. I mean, that the focus is on each individual much more than – I mean, listen, if Tyler Ott was in the NBA, that guy would be oh, yeah. enormous, yeah. enormous. It would be, be like, uh, does anybody else play in the NBA? And be like, oh, there's that LeBron guy and Steph Curry. But, man, if I'm going to a game, it's because Tyler Ott's playing. And, um, and, actually, I probably would go to an NBA game if Tyler Ott was playing. I just got to see that. Right? That would be amazing. And he'd probably score like 28 and get 14 rebounds. He's like, man, I told you these Madden ratings were – no. <laughs> this is easy. This is cake. And and let's make it clear. We we joke about Tyler Ott because because of his position, long snapper, and like no one talks about long snappers. We, and we legitimately think he's great at what he does. Exactly. How long has this guy been the long snapper for the Seahawks? Is it, it's like pushing like seven years or something. Might as well be for the next ten. I mean he's yeah. – I mean we're not making fun of him. We're, we no, seriously no. respect the guy. He does oh, something yeah. I couldn't do. 
which is just long snapping a football and doing it accurately and without any yep. issues. Every damn time. Yeah, it's like a long snapper. It's if their name shows up in this news, something terrible happened. That's right. You know, and it's like that's why you never hear about the guy and why you never will because he does his job perfectly every damn time. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, if Lee like, Vowell was the long snapper, you'd be hearing about me all the time. Oh, because that's I'd play like two games and be like, is there not anybody else living that can breathe that we can get? Leave. What the hell kind of a name is Lee Vowell? It's made up. That's I mean, fake. It's, that's a fake actually, name. Actually, it stands for LaVowell, which is uh, the vowel. It's so clever of me. Can't even spell it right. I know. Two L's. That's, that throws the scent <laughs> off, see? <laughs> the, the scent or the stench? What, what do you think? Oh, Pete, would, Pete Carroll, <laughs> would Pete Carroll be one of the faces of the frame? I know. I'm not. I'm, I didn't. I didn't uh, ask you that question before to set you up with this. I just thought of it. I was like, well, Pete is kind of. Kind of he kind of always is. I mean, because yeah. he's abusive, and I mean, the head coach should be one of the get problems if the head coach isn't one of the faces of your franchise, right? But yeah, he always has been because he's fun at press conferences, and he's a weird kind of dude in in good ways because he tells. He doesn't really hold his cards close to the vest and not emotionally he's more forthcoming than a lot of the coaches he's not dick vermil but he's yeah exactly yeah he's not dick vermil he's he's not crying over after every single game which is like tell us what's happened on that third play of the game with the long snapper throwing it accurately to the punter and then he just starts crying it was it was such a beautiful and i I like dick vermil he's yeah dick vermil was very very cool i mean not making fun of that. He was just an emotional guy, which is cool. Um, yeah, but Carol's fun. Carol knows how to have fun. He he gets it, which I think is why not every person liked playing for Pete Carroll. We're not saying that. But for the most part, his players really enjoy playing for him. They really uh, – they, they get that, that culture that the Seahawks create. So And he doesn't really look like a – he doesn't look or act like a football. I mean, if, especially if you go to the games and you see him out there throwing yeah. the ball to the pine, this, this guy can yeah. throw. But I think that's part of what puts people off about Pete, too, is he's like, he's not cookie cutter. You know, we no, expect our coaches to be like, yeah. Um, Andy Reid has some personality, a little, uh, some, some differences to his personality. And I like Andy sure. Reid, too. But, I mean, yeah. he looks like a football coach, right? It's like, we need mm-hmm. need this guy to look like Mike Ditka. I mean, he doesn't, and he doesn't act that way. Pete, Pete looks like he's teaching history at, at he does. You know, some community college in Laguna Beach or something. That's what he looks or, like. Or I mean, Union of, uh, University of Pacific, where he's a doctor now. <laughs> True. And he, he's, he's, he's like he's ready to grab his board after classes and go out. <laughs> I mean, he totally looks he like does. that. He does. That's why I laughed. I was like, actually, I can see that. So. <laughs> I can see I can see him walking with with a long board under his arm and just you know on the beach heading out. It's like that totally fits Pete Carroll. It's like, well, hopefully he doesn't injure himself if he does that because he is he is seventy years old. Actually, that that was such a weird thing. Uh, yeah, because you're looking down. I can see you know the 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 camera looking down from the helicopter while he's I don't know why there's a helicopter over the water. It's it's a plane, so it's not messing up the water. But you can see it. He's on his surfboard, and the, he falls off the surfboard intentionally, so he can just kind of ride in. And the yeah. surfboard says, "Always compete" on it. It's just you know it's got it. It's got it. Absolutely know. has to say it. Always compete. Always compete. 
He must be hell at checkers. And it's hi- <laughs> hyphenated because that's how he makes money off his name, right? Always calm hyphen Pete. So yeah, his why, name's Pete. Why that doesn't he do that? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, he, he's Let's a doctor at the University of Pacific, and I went somebody, to Carson Newman, you know. so Somebody needs to register that, quote, for him. I'm doing it right now. Click, 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 click. Just did it. For us. So. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Pete is definitely one of the faces of the franchise, for sure. Absolutely. What about Bo Jackson? No, I'm just kidding. That Bo was the Jackson next thing on my Awesome. So uh, let's do this. We won't. We're not going to spend a lot of time going in depth on these positions, but I'll just uh, we'll talk who we think going to be the starters on offense. So I I I still think Drew Locke's going to be the starter week one because yeah. Either way, I mean the team the team's not going to win a huge number of games with Drew Locke or Geno Smith, right? Or Geno Locke or Drew Smith. Being the quarterback, there's not a big difference either way. To me, they have to kind of go with Drew Locke just to see what they have for the future, and I think we've talked about that. Um, and then at running back, it's Rashad Penny. He's going to start, right? If he's healthy, he's going to be the starter, especially with yeah. he knows how to block. Yeah. Um, and then along the offensive line, I think it's pretty clear. We, I'm sure we all agree on this. It goes Cross, Lewis, Austin Blythe, or Blythe Spirit. Um <laughs> And then uh, Gabe Jackson. And I think Jake Curran starts week one. I think Gabe Lucas becomes the starter, but I think they just want a little bit more, sounds weird, veteran leadership from Curran, even though he's second year. A little more continuity. Well, I mean, it is. Yeah. And then the the tight end will be if they go with two on the field at one time. To start the game, it's Disley and Fant, obviously. If they go with one, Disley's a much better blocker. Fant is there to, to be a receiver. And then Metcalf and Lockett. But I think the key battles are quarterback, right tackle, um, as you pointed out, wide receiver three. And then that's that's it. I mean, you're the, you may not know who's going to be the quarterback, but there's a lot of positions on this team that are already known. Like, we know who's going to start yeah. most positions. Yeah, for sure. Who do you think will be the, the first receiver in – after uh, after Lockett and Metcalf, it's so it's so weird because it's they could go and I know you you wrote an article about that uh, this week, but um, you've got D Eskridge obviously mm-hmm. who who seems to be able to be the guy who could play slot or move around. You got Freddie Swain who when he caught the ball he, he I think he had what three catches that averaged eighty yards a catch last year, but then he would drop. It was weird. He would just like oh there's yeah. Freddie Swain was going sixty seven yards again, and then he yeah. wouldn't hear from him for three games. Um, and then you've got Marquise Goodwin, who, according to the Madden ratings, is fantastic as far as speed. Um, <laughs> but there's just uh, Penny Hart is uh, he's I don't know. But really, the battle to me is between Freddie Swain and and D Eskridge for yeah. wide receiver three. And it it would make sense to have Eskridge just to see what he can do. But I don't know. I think see I think they'll I think they'll know what he can do by the. Hopefully, God, I mean, you better know what he can do by the end of the preseason games. Uh, so who is this, I, who is this I, guy? Oh, D, do we draft him? D-Wayne? Did we just draft uh, him? <laughs> I hope that it's Eskridge because I think he's got the, the higher ceiling than anybody, including Goodwin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Goodwin, I don't know if Goodwin is still that fast. I haven't seen anything that says he's still blazing fast. But the situation, the issue is, is of course you got to have more than you got to be able to catch. You got to be able to run routes. Yeah, good one and, is the is the Philip Dorsett of this season. <laughs> yeah, 
And in the past few seasons he's had, whether it's him or whether the teams didn't utilize him correctly, whatever, he hasn't produced the way you would hope someone with that speed would. So, I, God, I hope he does. That would be fantastic. I mean, can you imagine him across from Metcalf and then and then you can put <coughs> Lockett in the slot more? It's like, oh, Jesus, yeah. that would be awesome because how how far are they going to drop back? And then yeah. how far will Rashad Penny go before someone even touches him or Walker? Or, or even throw it underneath the fan. Right, yeah, no, because like, we didn't throw Wilson yeah. didn't throw a whole lot underneath the receivers. No. So if it's him, that could open up. And, it, and it's not that Esker just none of those guys are slow, but I mean, if Goodwin still had he still has the speed that would, and he can catch that would be awesome. But overall, I think it's probably going to be Eskridge. Uh, just because, like I said, Swain has like what did you not realize that guy wearing the Seahawks jersey is actually in the game? I mean some right. some of those plays not until like, he's absolutely wide open. You almost can't even see any defenders on a couple of those plays. Well, it's like, oh, look, this, there he is. is this guy is he on the sideline? Oh, I, I, it's either going to be incomplete or whatever. I'm just going to throw it. Oh, he, he actually was in the game. That's a touchdown. That's interesting. <laughs> and I could see if he was like 5-6 one of these dudes that you you lose at the line, but he, but he, he's not. Like is Colby Parkinson is he is he actually open? <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre, but I hope it's Eskridge just because. Again, I, let's see what he can really do with a when he's healthy and all the rest of it. So when he's not running a jet sweep, yeah, yeah, and I'm okay if they have him run jet sweeps. But it feels like that's all they did last year for most right. of it. Yeah, they need to they need to see exactly what what is in his little bag of tricks. That'd be pretty yeah, because cool. the defense had to see. Oh, Eskridge is on the field. Here comes a jet sweep. Yeah. Yeah, they need to do uh, a little more variance on that, which I'm sure they will. Um, yeah, I think Curran, I agree. I think they'll, unless Lucas just like really takes it over, which would be great. He could, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll stick with Curran too, just because he played so far beyond expectations. Yeah. I mean, he, he showed he definitely belongs on the unit. So especially with run blocking. Yeah, for sure. Which is going to be pretty important. Always is. Oh, see, there you go. So you know what I'm going to say to that? Yeah, I know. You saying that that team you're going to be run first, Seahawks? I know what you're you're saying. My answer to that is, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. They're going to run the ball. So um, (laughs) is it nope? Is it nope? Speaking of nope, (laughs) we um we saw the that was the. That was a reach for a segue, I'll admit, but I agree with you 100%. I was just like, I've got to say something to fit this film in. <laughs> so we, we both saw separately. We didn't meet up in Georgia and, and see this film. That would be weird. That would be, that would be weird. It would be fun. We yeah. could have gone with Rob. It would be cool, yeah. Whatever, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Isn't he the one that hates the Wakanda Forever trailer? I mean, no, I'm just joking. So um, <laughs> anyway, I thought... I was confused when the movie started because I was like, wait, is there a nuclear bomb going off? Is that what this movie <laughs> Oppenheimer looks fantastic, by the way, just a little talk. But anyway, getting getting into Nope, because I, I really want you to discuss this because you're much smarter than I am generally, but especially when it comes to film. But uh, I I liked it. Oh, I read I read the reviews. Yeah, OK. You read the reviews. Um, I read some of the some of the reviews, um, but didn't look at. I don't like to look at spoilers, but I wanted to see. And a lot of them were like, 
it had yeah, obviously it's got generally positive reviews. Yes. But some of them were like the first hour was good and then after that I was like I I don't know what they were talking about cuz I no, thought I the either. whole film was did they get bo- did they lose track of what the meaning of the film was? <laughs> so um I I thought it was man it was there were some parts hard to watch obviously the part with the chimpanzee yes. um that and we don't want to give any spoilers away either but just and that's not really giving too much away no, the there's film. a chimpanzee in the film. Yeah, and, and it's at the very in the beginning film. of the film. Yeah, yeah and there's, well, there's and, and it's the middle part when they go back to it. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I I enjoyed the film. Has, it's hard to with Jordan Pill films. They're so well made, and I like he was on Smartless again. I listen to that podcast all the time, but he was on Smartless recently, and um, they asked him the question on like, hey, or Jason Bateman was like, how do you you know film this and. And Jordan Peele was like, you know, he's he, he said it a little bit, but he's like, he's like, man, basically what it comes down to is if I when I make a film, I don't want to have conversations on how is this filmed? I just want people to go in and be like, this was great because of what the final outcome was. And that's what his films are. I mean, they definitely are different um, than other filmmakers out there because yeah, I think he's enjoying the process, but he's also incredibly smart and aware of how he's making a film but his films are obviously they have so much more depth than just like oh i'm just going to see this film it's about a flying saucer um yeah but uh but yeah i mean the the film has a lot of depth but it's even if you don't care about the depth and you just want to go to being entertained it fits so many different ways i i I like to actually i like to i like to get out a little bit more they're all great um but I liked it better than us, I think, to me. Which is, which is, and everyone has, obviously, everyone always has different reactions to, to films. I liked us better than this, but I like this better than Get Out. And I really, really, really liked Get Out. So it's not like, eh, Get Out was okay. It's like, <coughs> yes. sorry to interrupt you for just a second. You know what's going to happen is people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, why'd you hate this film? <laughs> you like something, you must hate the other thing. I don't know why. I think we, yeah. we both agree. All three films are fantastic, and everyone living yes. should see them. But we just, yeah, we're sure. just stating a preference of those three films. Yep. Um, and there's small difference between any of them, really. It's just personal taste. Exactly, which is why they make different movies, and we're not all watching the same That's movie right. over and over. Us three, <laughs> us twenty-seven. That's right. Point seven. Um, Where'd the Japanese yeah, I, girl I, come I, from? <laughs> I like the fact that. His movies are – they you can't just put them in a category. He doesn't just make horror films. Even though all three of his movies, that's probably the first thing you'll see, his horror, maybe thriller, depending on who's doing the categorization. But they're also in some ways political thrillers. They're family dramas. They're, there's aspects of comedy. Uh, he does so much when, in all of his movies that he blends all these different genres together and creates this – it's almost like there's a new category, and I, I know other people have talked about it, especially after us. But even after Get Out, it's like, oh, there's a new genre, and it's called Jordan Peele. Because <laughs> he That's does. 100% he wraps correct. Up, he wraps up so much into every movie, and he's making statements about politics or society or both. Um, this opening up uh, completely caught off guard. Completely caught off guard by the trailer for Oppenheimer, which is very cool, which looks awesome. 
not a Jordan Peele film, by the way. That's going to be that's going to be Christopher Nolan. But then you open up with a scene with a chimp, and that's all we'll say about it. But it's like, what does this have to do with the movie? Because it's completely. It's, can I interrupt you for just a second? Please do. Um, it's funny you say that because when when I was at the theater yesterday, mm-hmm. after that scene ended, yeah, someone uh, up in in one of the uh, rows up near closer to the screen literally said, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> Seriously, and like a couple of people laughed, and I, I didn't hear him say that, and I turned to turned to Donna and I said, um, "I was like, what did they say?" And he, she said, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> I was like, "That's funny. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally." But it, it absolutely fits the film. It sets the tone for the film. It's a harbinger of what's going to come. Plus, it's also it, – it sets up a lot of the movie. It sets up some key scenes. Uh, and like you said, they go back to that later in the film, and they show more of what happened. And it turns out that one of the key characters in the film was in – not actually in that scene, but it was present for that scene. I'll just put it that way. It's just so, like you said, it's so smartly constructed. It's like he puts all these pieces together just so well, and he writes the films and directs them, so he's the guy who puts it all together. Just just brilliant. Kiki Palmer, by the way, it's like... No, she's fantastic, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I was disappointed, though, that <clears throat> the scene of, that you see of her in the first trailer doing, doing her little routine of the, the introduction of their services, their horse trainers for Hollywood films uh, that they what? use a different That's take. a huge plot point. Yeah, it is. You might as well throw in the fact that there was that Gwyneth Paltrow candle involved as well. <laughs> Proudly presented by Goop. Oh my god, I can't wait, for, can't wait for that to happen. What is this? That doesn't smell like a horse. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Um, Ew. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's it's that opening, the, the one that – the part of the film that we have been led to believe is the opening because that's what we see in the trailers. And after the chimp scene, then it is the opening. That's such a cool history lesson of the fact that everyone know not everyone, but you know most people know, film fanatics know. It's like Edward Newbridge is like, oh, look at the horse running. Like, yeah, we get that. But nobody knows the name of the jockey. And in the in the presentation, is like they're the great, great, great – Great grandchildren of that jockey in that film, and as she says, they've got skin in the game for the entire time, and and that's an important plot point in the film. But I, I love them. I'm not going to give away who played their dad, but that was to me that was awesome. I mean, this guy is like an icon in the genre, so I was really happy to see him. In the it's film. funny when I was when I was watching it and um, and saw him on the horse. Yeah. And I literally thought to myself, has this guy ever been bad in a film? And he's not in it that much. But right, I was thinking, right. is he? he's always good. Yeah, he is. And he's done tons of voiceover work. And it's just. I mean, he's yeah. standing on the sidelines at University of Tennessee games. <laughs> That's not yeah. true, but it's a. You know. <laughs> yes, yes. When you see the movie, you'll know what we're talking about if you know about UT. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, the movie is just so well constructed, and and again, the second trailer. If you've seen the second trailer and you think it's like, oh wow, they gave away the there's the spoiler, they gave away the whole thing. It's like this is oh. it's like a like I told someone else, this, this is Jordan Peele. It's like I guarantee you they didn't give away the whole thing, and they didn't. 
things things yeah. are not what they seem. I'll just put it that way. Exactly. But yeah, parts. And you'll are, know that from when the oh, yeah. movie starts. You'll be like, oh yeah, this trailer. It, it's not a misleading trailer. It just doesn't give no. it away. Exactly. And it's like you'll realize when you when you first start watching the film, like, okay, this is this is definitely going to be different. I don't know what this film, how it's yeah. going to go. Yeah, this movie is really, really well done. Surprise, it's Jordan Peele. But, you know, makes some mixed statements on society. His, his point is, is about spectacle and, like, you yeah, know, yeah. people basically it's like looking at a uh, car wreck and people are slowing down and mm-hmm. causing issues because you're looking at a car wreck. And that's basically the same. It is the yeah. same concept. He, he was he mentioned on Smartless that he they were like, how do, how do you come up with ideas? for your films and he's like basically what it comes from is like he's like you know he's he says i think horror is just the greatest genre because it can lead to so much more he's like i'm not, i may not always make horror films but he's like these three films that i've made i start i start with a feeling of just like something that made me fear just the feeling of fear and he's like i basically sit down and try to write a film based on that feeling and i was thinking it, he, it's funny because it's like uh, he makes it sound like it's like when when Tom Hanks was directing that thing you do and he was he was saying uh, you know they they acted out a scene he's not he's not really in it but I mean he's in it a little bit but he acted out a or they, he was filming a scene and he wasn't in that scene but it just wasn't right and he was like well let me let me show you what I mean and he went up there and and got on the set and kind of acted out the parts and Liv Tyler who's in the film said. That's great, but we can't do that. And it's the same thing. It's like with, when he when he comes up with this this idea of writing a film based on a feeling, it's like that's great because he makes great films. Most most humans can't do that. <laughs> no, no, they can't. And it's it's I love that because it comes from a very or, a, like a very organic thing, rather than it's like oh I think you should make a movie about this. And he just he starts from within. And then extrapolates on that. I mean, nothing. I mean, it's in the title of the film, "Get Out." It's like, how obvious is that? That that's the core of that. And then he created this entire world around that concept of that fear and all the rest of it. Of us, which is so. All of his films are are really weird and really complex, and really really good. Yeah, and nope, and the reason that. It's funny because uh, they they said well, you know Jason Bateman was like how'd you come up with the uh, the name he's like nope is just a great title because it's so simple yeah. but and Jordan Peele was like well you know they, it's uh, several reasons we we say it a lot in the film and Will Arnett's like Will Arnett's not he he sounds like a smart ass but he's really not in real yeah. life he's like but he's he's playing uh, around with like, nope he's like uh, not of planet Earth and Jordan Peele was like yeah you got it. <laughs> and they were like, ah, oh. he was like, man, I, I didn't mean to. I was just stumbling. I was just trying to play with the word. And Jordan Peele was like, that's exactly what it is. Yep. Which makes that's, sense. It does. And but it's that whole also goes back to the whole concept of that. And I don't know if that's what he started with in this, but, you know, the feeling. And that's such a horror film trope. Nope. Like that. Yeah. You just you see it and you don't want to acknowledge it. You can't. You don't. He's like, yeah, I can't believe that. So that's this. The first word is like, nope, that's not for me. I'm getting out of here, which actually happens in the film, <laughs> which yeah. is which is great. I mean, the, the fact that he plays with all these tropes and people, you think they're making the classic horror movie 
move, which is like, don't go into the barn full with chainsaws, you know, from the commercial. And but they're not. They're actually well that because sometimes smart like moves. that's the safer move. Right. And in this case, they're doing. If, at first, you think it's like, why would they do that? And it's like, oh, they actually did the right thing. It's really just yeah. so smartly done, so so smartly done. And, and I love not the necessarily little, the actors are self or the characters are not so self aware that it's like, oh, we know the answer. They're just doing what they hope works right. out. Exactly, exactly. And I love the, the little reference to uh, magic time that he threw in there. That's that's just I thought that was just brilliant how that particular character chose chose their path because that's what they'd been that's what they've wanted all their life because that this character is like a cinematographer and is like oh my god this is my opportunity so right. really really smart film all the way through yeah really it was, it was mostly and, full. entertaining yeah oh yeah it's extreme i mean go to be entertained because that's what films are really right. about right? right um the uh the film uh, theater was mostly full when i went to see it which i thought was a good sign yeah, because um, you same. just never know. Yeah, no, with any don't. film, really. So. Yep, same same theater I went to. Originally, I was going to go Friday night, and just was running late at work. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go, so I want to be going yesterday. And initially, the theater wasn't very full for Friday night. You know, when I bought the tickets in advance, but I bought them like three days ahead of time. So, and then canceled and all the rest of it. But hopefully, it does really well because. Because everyone involved in this movie needs to be rewarded. So, yeah, according to Box Office Mojo, um, you may have seen this too, but it says nope to score biggest original opening since start of the pandemic. Lovely, as as it deserves. Really, really good. That's the thing with when horror is done correctly is because we were talking in prepo. Hi Ted, because we're gonna throw that in everything I ever do. <clears throat> that there, you have films like Hostel. With an EL, which yeah, it's horror, but it really isn't really doing anything, and, and it's it's just like a gross-out film. And what Saw turned into, the first Saw is really good and suspenseful, and then later on it just turns into torture porn. But like Jordan Peele said, you can do so much with horror when it's done correctly, like the yeah. Quiet Place films, or it follows. And this I mean, has a lot more in, in uh, has a lot more familiarity with that kind of film than that so just to, if anybody's listening we don't want to confuse people this is not a torture film this has no, a lot more know. to do with a quiet place kind yeah, of exactly. feel than, yeah. than those other ones it's very suspenseful i mean like like we said is like his films you can call them horror films but you could also call them suspense films or hmm. thrillers or or just dramas there's so much going on in his movies it's just just Guy's just brilliant. Yep. I mean, that's that's what it, all it is. Yeah, and they're he's really so, not he's so damn smart. Order, he should he should coach the Seahawks. He's so damn smart. I wish that he and he would come up with some kind of show with a partner like Key and Pill or something. I think he'd be. <laughs> you think he'd be good? I think yeah. I think that would be good. I don't know. I'm not sure if that would work. <laughs> I wonder how. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, they they should. I wonder what he'll do next, I guess, is my – because at some point it's like we all get accustomed to somebody doing some certain thing. And even though these films are completely different, they still have that same kind of vein. I wonder if he'll like next time – 
you know, he'll have an idea to do something that's just completely different. Still high level stuff, but I just wonder what it will be. I uh, picture it's going to be a high school rom com. Yeah, that that would be. It's funny because Sean Hayes, who's on Smartless, said maybe you should do a musical comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It would be awesome if he did. But yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, anyway, that's that's our that's our show. Um, next week when we come back uh, in the July, um, we will be talking about training camp. There will be training camp information. I don't want to say news because hopefully there's no news coming out of it, but there'll be information from it. Yes. Good way to put it. Yeah. So anyway, but thanks for listening. You have any final, final thoughts either on film, uh, whether it be cooking, whether it be John Favreau, whether it be <laughs> long snappers I actually got to that made sense. Okay. The people listening, it's like, I was just doing like, you know, James Joycey and stuff there, but I mean, it went film cooking cause there's a film called chef. Yes, and then yes. John Favreau. John Favreau in, yes. It made sense in my mind. It totally made sense. It totally made sense. Well, I will say, I'll repeat my, my horrid pun that there are two things, two things that come to mind that are dope. Nope. And Tyler Ott. Why are you the worst? Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.